What's up, everyone? This is Jesse HS, and this is the Heart Guide Media Podcast. Been on a little break. Uh, haven't recorded in uh, a little over a week. That's definitely the longest break we've ever taken from uh, the old podcast. So, uh, yeah, just a little time to recoup, take a breath after a strong, solid two months of just nonstop podcasting. Every week, several episodes. So, uh, yeah, we're, uh, about a week and a half out of Halloween, so it's, uh, Halloween was, uh, pretty fun, as it always is. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna hit you with a little music episode this time. Uh, gonna be talking a little bit of rock and roll, you know, kind of roots, uh, roots music for myself and, uh, Mr. E.T. Eric Tyler is gonna be joining us, uh. So, uh, you know, we're going to get into some top five discussions of most underrated rock and roll bands of all time and our top five favorite, personal favorite rock and roll songs. So uh, this is going to be an interesting podcast. Uh, And, you know, when you're into metal and you're into hardcore, you're into punk and those genres of music, those heavier genres, I pe- I feel like people want to paint you with a, a broad stroke, kind of, they want to paint you with a brush, that that's all you're into, and that's for furthest, the furthest thing from the truth, I was raised on rock and roll, I was raised on the, the music of the, you know, the late 60s, the 70s, the 80s, um, more so than I was on, uh, you know, the stuff that was on the radio when I was a kid, you know, the early 90s stuff. And not, not 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 to knock any of that stuff because there was stuff like Collective Soul and Live and some of that shit's n- not great. And then some of that shit's like good. I mean, I love Nirvana and Nirvana was on the radio a lot. And then you have bands like the Black Crows. But if you grew up in upstate New York, you kind of were exposed to a lot of 70s and 80s uh, rock and roll, which was great bands like the cars and you know we're going to talk about the cars and you know obviously like led zeppelin blue oyster call so many amazing man i mean acdc and all these bands are you know bands that we're going to be talking about today so it's definitely going to be interesting uh to hear what uh mr et has to say on the subject because it's definitely something I would be interested to... I, I'm always interested to hear what other people have to say about rock and roll, especially. Hold on one second. Let me get some volume up on this. Perfect. 
What's up, man? Not much. How we doing? Oh, not bad at all. Just, uh, you know, I was just uh, saying, been on a little bit of a break. This is probably the longest break we've uh, taken away from the old podcast. So uh, it's good to be back. It's good to have uh, have you joining us once again. Yeah, man, I was glad to be back. Yeah, I noticed that uh, we haven't pulled one out in a while, so I'm very excited. Yeah, it was... Uh, I. I Halloween, you know, obviously you were recouping from the candy comas and and the what have yous. Yeah, all the movies that we piled into one month. Yeah, usually that we didn't fucking watch until the last week, and then we just had to cram whatever we could in the last two days. <laughs> Some of them we watch all the time, but you still got to watch it in October. So. Hey, have you started Stranger Things two yet? Don't ask. <laughs> Still waiting on someone to watch it with. So. <laughs> I have not started it yet. Oh shit! Well, it's that? going down. I promise it'll happen. Good, because we got to talk about that. Because there's plenty of tunes in that. I mean, in the first, uh, in the, it's a great time capsule of that period. And there's so there were so many great songs in the first uh, season. I can't wait to get, for you to actually dive into the second, so you can hear like all the amazing tracks there. You know, the time capsules for that era. The you know the early to mid '80s. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, if you if you need to spill some of uh, whatever songs play, that's fine with me. That show has a way, or not even just that show, but. Certain movies and shows have a way of uh, almost like reappearing certain songs, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Whether it be a song you forget about or one that you haven't heard in a while, so. Yeah. So, we'll dive right into it, man. We'll do, uh, yeah, I mean, you and I have been talking about doing uh, this this episode for a while, you know, just uh, waiting for the perfect time to drop it. Obviously, there was a lot of, we kept it pretty, like, horror and genre related as far as movies go for october so now that we're you know past october we're gonna get into some more music episodes and obviously you're my go-to guy for having to discuss uh music with because we're probably the most uh engulfed in music more than anybody else that we've had on you know right yeah definitely and i think that's another thing that we we definitely share in common is our love for music. I know it plays an important role in both of our lives. So, and I was I was saying earlier too, and I know you can. Uh, we've talked about this before. Is when you're into like, you know, metal, hardcore, punk. You kind of get some people want to paint you with that broad stroke of that's all you listen to. When that couldn't be the furthest thing from the truth from people like you or I. We, we have such a wide range in what we like as far as music goes. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's 100 percent true. I listen, uh, you know, on a weekly basis, almost you know so many different genres so and then some of i know both of our favorite bands are you know pretty far off from each other from the genres of each other so yeah definitely so i will get right into it like uh top uh you know what what the the top rock and roll songs you know because obviously the roots of everything that we love music wise is based in rock and roll and you know the rock and roll of you know pretty much what our parents you know kind of grew up on i think is where our, our roots started with at least I, i'm sure you can agree like where the love for music started was definitely in like 70s and 80s rock and roll yeah 100 percent. and when we talk about doing this list of five songs which is you know it's really hard to put five songs that you consider 
to be the greatest rock and roll songs because then you like you said you think about like what do i even consider rock and roll or is it too metal to be considered a rock and roll so what i mean my list when i first made this list it was like you said i had a lot of like more classic stuff that was maybe more common you know yeah yeah all people's but then i was thinking about it more and i thought i would just put five songs in my eyes for me personally even though they might not be on you know vh1's <laughs> top 100 i'm sure they would be on it maybe but they wouldn't be uh, their top five by any means so i kind of went more of personal top five per- personally yeah so um it was very hard for me to rank them uh, so i, I kind of really don't i didn't really i didn't really i don't really have a ranking so um my first one i put on there was black sabbath paranoid oh um, yeah. it's cl- classic track yeah, I just, I mean, I love Black Sabbath, arguably, you know, one of my favorite bands, and, and, and a, a, the, a band from that era, and I was thinking about their songs, you know, and what I would consider to be, like, probably, I don't know, their best rock and roll song, either, but and I just think, that song just is the first one that, that comes to mind, I feel like, I think everything about the, the lyrics that the Ozzy gives, and the just, like, the guitar riffs, and the way the song flows, I just love everything about that song. Yeah, I mean that uh, you know, that that riff too, that like that's uh it's it's so memorable and when I think of that, I just think of being a kid too, hearing it on 95X and you know what I mean, just growing up with that song always being you can't even remember a time where it wasn't in your life. Exactly. Yeah, and it's like another song that when you heard for the first time when you were young or whenever you were it's just a song that's always stuck with you and uh so that was my that was the first one i came up with um the second one again i guess uh they've transcended uh maybe not this era of their music but i know people would consider them one of the best rock and roll bands ever is i put metallica battery um as my second one interesting yeah yeah i just think uh I don't know, I just, I think that's, again, another band that I love, of course, and I thought about their songs as a whole, I know, like, obviously, their most recognizable song, or maybe the song they put them over the edge would be Enter Sandman, um, but I don't know, I just think Battery is kind of a perfect song for them, and uh, the feeling that that song gives me, you know, every time I hear it, so, the way it starts off and how it gets going... I just think it's a, it's a perfect song. So, I think for them that was the turning point. That song, because obviously it opens Master Puppets. Yeah. Uh, so. I think that, like, honestly, that like changed. That is like when they. I don't know. It's so hard to describe it because Metallica is just one of those bands that's kind of they they've turned into that transcending band where they're like now they're more considered a rock and roll band, but at the same time, you know. They're still playing. It's crazy to think these guys are in their fifties and they're fucking just jamming out battery and, like, yeah, you know I mean, what I mean? It's it's crazy. And you know, I've I've definitely seen Metallica and they're still. It's not like they're sloppy on the, up there by any means. No, so. no. I mean, by all accounts, they're better now than they have ever been as far as their performance. Yeah, a lot of preparation I'm sure goes into it now, and and uh, being most of them being sober, <laughs> I think that that always helps. Well, we're and, like I said. Now that I look back on these, my top five, like I said, I mean, it's just songs for me that when I think about it, uh, 
they would be my top five. You right. know? And like I said, it was very hard. I, I, I actually have a whole list of honorable mentions as well. So. <laughs> actually, it's funny. I've been. I, I always jam Metallica. So, and I, as I know you do, uh, just to kind of sidebar here, favorite Metallica record? Go. Oh my God! I mean, probably Injustice for All. Yep. Same here. Perfect. That's just like a perfect record. I think. Another one that's super tough, but yeah, probably Injustice for All, I'd have to say. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, Injustice for All, all the way. Yeah, I mean, that's just like, uh, from start to finish, maybe their most complete, you know what I mean? I don't know if they would agree with that, but... I'm sure, I'm telling you right now, if I ever heard, uh... If I ever heard uh, Blackened or Shortest Straw, like if I ever heard Shortest Straw, like them play it live, I'd I'd probably get kicked out. <laughs> I'd probably get kicked out because I'd hit everyone. Yeah, right. I mean, those songs are they're so intense, and that's what I mean. It's like Metallica had this way. It is so, like I said, it's still. If you really think about it, it's like mind warping that they're as big as they are. As huge, yeah. Like they're just huge. Like I mean, selling out stadiums and. You know, playing world tours that, like I said, sell out, and and people, cons- you know, I've heard people consider them like our days, like Led Zeppelin, which is like crazy to me to think about. I but- uh, I mean, when you have when you get past like. As far as like current rock bands go, too, like you're talking like I mean Metallica is metal like there's no disputing that but they also but they obviously they know their roots and you know when you got into the 90s metallica stuff and even uh, the stuff on enter sandman but then again uh, on all the records especially with kurt's plan you know there was always that blues basis and blues is rock and roll you know that's the basis for all rock and roll and he always had that sick like bluesy like you know influence that you could hear especially on the later records so they, you know, they kind of turned like a little bit into, you know, more of a rock band as far as their concert goes. But at the same time, you listen to the last track on Hardwired and Spit Out the Bone might be one of their best and heaviest tracks they put out in recent memory, like ever. Yeah, that song definitely shocked me. I mean, I uh, that's definitely the best, my favorite song that they put out in a long, long time, probably. If you really think about it, if you look back on the past records, I mean, I don't think, uh, I don't know if there's a better song since, yeah, since the Black Album, maybe. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, it's kind of a bold predict- bold thing to say, but. So, uh, what else you got on your list? Uh, so, another song I put, I think, I mean, you could both agree that we love this uh, this artist, is, uh, is Danzig Mother. Mother by Danzig. Oh, yeah. That song, I've noticed, um, it kind of transcends, like, the genre where, like, when that song first came out, I think it, it got definitely got some buzz. And, like, you, it, like, if you say you played that in, like, a bar or something, like, there's people that know that song, but they have no idea who it is, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's another one, just the, the, you know, it's so, you hear that, you know, once you hear that riff, you know exactly what it is. And the way he delivers his lyrics in that song, I think that's by far, um, you know, that was the first Danzig song I've ever heard, and it's arguably the song I've heard the most by him. It's funny how it all kind of intertwines, because one, I know for a fact that Danzig said, like, you know, some of the first cover songs he ever played, like, 
were Sabbath songs, and he talks about what uh, influence Sabbath is on him. And then you look at, you know, Metallica, and Metallica, especially with Cliff Burton, was highly influenced by the Misfits. By like, the Misfits and, like, that, that punk side. Yeah, definitely. So Funny how it's so all-encompassing. And when I when I think of Danzig and when I think of Mother, I, I mean that's just that's exactly what that song is. It's just a goddamn awesome rock and roll song. You know what I it mean? It really it's, is. Yeah. Again, again, uh, that blues element. Like, because if one thing Danzig always did, he paid respect. Like, uh, you know, blues wise, the, the guitar playing on all of his records, you always hear that dark bluesy sound. Always. Yeah, he definitely does, and you can tell like in all of it, like 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 uh, with the music and like his uh, the way he delivers his vocals, very bluesy, and I think he, uh, you know, um, I think he, it really transcends a lot of genres. That's why you can tell that he he's influenced. He was influenced by a lot of genres as well. So. Yeah. Um, and then uh, my next one is like I said, this is definitely because it's my personal, and this it's going to be the Ramones. I want to live. Um, nice, nice. Obviously, a little later Ramones when they got a little bit more darker and heavier, darker and, and heavier, and, and more like I guess technically sound when it comes to instruments. Yeah, but something about that song is the same thing. It's just a, it is a jam. It's just a if I could if if someone to me personally came up to me and they're like, oh, I want to get into the Ramones and I want to hear a song, that would be the song I tell them to listen to. But I just love that song. The lyrics are, are amazing. Um, the the guitar work in that song is so badass. Oh I yeah, think about that song, and I feel I feel like that's another song that's like, well, but again, the Ramones have such a huge catalog that oh yeah, so great songs that that song kind of. And again, I know there's a lot of like me and you have talked about it. I know you talked about it on your Ramones podcast. I'm sure that uh, people kind of hate on their later stuff, which I don't understand. You know, no, I mean, really, it's, I it always warped my mind, especially because that shit, if anything, got more, you know, punk type, you know, more. Yeah, and it's like people are obviously going to evolve and change and and, and uh, musically or, or whatever. But I just think that, yeah, that song is such is another one, just a, just a jam. And just uh, um, I think a lot of people, if, if they haven't heard that song, should definitely check it out. So Oh, absolutely. And then to round out my list is a song called Stargazer by Rainbow. Oh, hell yeah. Um, Rainbow, obviously, this is when uh, they were led by Dio. Dio was the lead singer and uh, Richie Blackmore on guitar. That song is just, and we're gonna t- I'm going to touch on Rainbow again later in this podcast, but uh, that song is literally like, I don't know, amazing. Maybe, I think it's one of the greatest songs I've ever written. Um, and I highly, that's a band, like I said, we're going to talk about, but I feel like nobody talks about them and, and nobody talks about the, that record, uh, which is called Rising, Rainbow Rising. But oh, yeah. That song is literally like an amazing song, lyrically, uh, musically, and um, anybody I feel like who would listen to that would be blown away. So. Again, Blackmore, you know, you talk about Richie Blackmore, he's probably one of the most influential guitarists of all time that you don't really see get his due unless... Uh, you know, someone like Lars Ulrich, who is a huge, uh, huge, uh, you know, flag bearer for, um, flag waver for, you know, Richie Blackmore, Deep Purple. Yeah, Rainbow. I mean, I'm definitely going to touch on both, most of those later, but, uh, Richie Blackmore obviously is like, I know he's kind of like, people think he's like a dick or whatever, like, and he's had like, 
weird stuff happened with all the bands. I know he doesn't even like, keep in, he doesn't keep in touch with a lot of people, but yeah, that song. He's a genius musically, obviously, because he's been in some of the greatest bands ever. And he's assembled some of the greatest lineups ever. So, do you know he's like for a long t- before after he like stopped like playing like metal and rock and stuff. He was doing like Renaissance music. Yeah, yeah. What is it? Um, what was the name? He's like with his wife, right? Like, yeah. I can't remember what the <laughs> what the group was called. I know he's got like had like an interesting name to the group. Um, but yeah, I did. I did read that. I don't think I ever listened to it, but. I, I checked it out just because I wanted to hear it, and I just picture Richie Blackmore just eating like a, a leg of tur- turkey leg, like just. <laughs> Seriously. But, yeah, so that's what rounds out my top five. It was very hard. Like I said, it was ex- I was back and forth on so many songs. Like, obviously, I have like honorable mentions. Like, Motorhead Ace of Spades was hard not to throw in there. Like, Led Zeppelin Stairway to Heaven. I love that song. But that's like, I feel like it's just so cliche to put that in there, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And then, like, I threw, like, Tom Sawyer by Rush in there because I just feel like that's another one that's just an amazing, amazing rock and roll song. And uh, I did have, like, three three songs that I felt like were pretty obscure, but I feel like they're great rock and roll songs. And they're kind of pretty much one-hit wonders, but uh, one is by a band called the, uh, the Greg Kinn Band, and it's a song called The Breakup Song. I heard this song. I, now, I, I never really... I never knew anything about the song, and you know where I actually heard it was in the movie, um, the first time I heard it was in the movie Let Me In, uh, the remake of uh, Let the Right One In, Yeah, we went went to the theaters, it's in that, and it's also in uh, House of the Devil. No shit. It's, and I actually, it's gonna sound stupid, but when I first heard it, I was like, this sounds like, kind of like the Ramones, it has like a Ramones vibe to it, I feel like it does. I can't even think of the song, honestly. But, yeah, you have to listen to it, I think it's a great song, and then the other one is a song from the 80s, uh, called Lunatic Fringe by Red Rider, uh, I don't know, I just love everything about that song, uh, has like a weird, I don't even know how to really describe the pace of the song, but really cool and then the last one is by a band called axe and it's called rock and roll party in the streets and i just <laughs> that it's just super fun those are just like three kind of obscurities that i felt like uh i would be fun to throw in yeah. nice that's a solid list for sure yeah man i'm pumped to hear yours though so mine uh it was really hard to do and i went back and forth so i just i i just went with songs that as soon as i heard them they stuck with me. They were memorable. I always, like, think of them when I want to, like, just, you know, get the blood flowing. Right. So, number, uh, and I did I did have a, a count on mine, not that it matters much, but, um, number five, the car is moving in stereo. Oh, see, that is a, that's an amazing one. That's a great, that is a great way to start. I love the, everything about that song. I can remember the first time I heard it. Well, it's funny. We all know Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh yeah, I mean, and it's so it's so funny because the cars. I feel like, and we're going to talk about them a little later. um, They were kind of written off as like kind of like a new wave, like post post like um, punk band. Like they aren't even like in the talks really when you hear about like you know straight up rock and roll, which they wrote poppy catchy rock and roll songs and i feel like that's underrated and moving in stereo for me is just like such it starts out it's so creepy like and 
it, that's what to me that's what rock and roll is. It's creepy, it's dark, it's eerie, and the fact that they had those pop sensibilities within it too, and had like a little bit of like synth in there. Like I don't know, I've never shied away from having synth. Like people talk shit talk like Rush, eighties Rush when Rush brought the synth in there, and I know diehards kind of are against it, but I love. I love all, I love, like, signals, I love moving pictures, like, I love everything that they did in the 80s, like, and Power Windows, like, fucking Power Windows might be one of my favorite Rush records. Yeah, no, Rush is uh, another one that we'll definitely be talking about, yeah, but, like, man, I'm super jealous of your cars moving, sir, that's a great one, I do love that, I do love that jam. So, uh, and then, uh, and, and honestly, and we're, I'm gonna talk about it more, cause I gotta talk about Rick Ocasek and, uh. Benjamin Orr, those guys like wrote such great songs together. But my number four is a song that I think embodies rock and roll pretty well. It's uh, Elvis, Jailhouse Rock. Very solid, very solid. Just because, I mean, what's more rock and roll than singing about, you know, being in jail? Like, fucking, like... Yeah, I mean, definitely Elvis had had that rock swagger. I mean, he was obviously a rock and roller. And, uh... He's the king of rock and roll, I mean... Yeah, I'm the king of rock and roll. I think that's a great one. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny, because, uh, you know, obviously us being huge Motorhead fans, huge, like, Lemmy fans, like, uh, you know, it's so funny, because he had said, you know, like, between Elvis, Little Richard, and Jerry Lee Lewis, like, the three of them, like, really started and formed what became rock and roll. Yeah, and I think that's 100% true. If I mean, all three of those guys had... You know, whether it be, like, their personalities, the way they delivered, yeah, I mean, there's something different, obviously. I mean, Jerry Lewis was a nut job, but yeah. Um, and then, like you said, uh, Little Richard. I mean, imagine Little Richard the way he was back in his day. It's it's crazy. Like, know? think about, like, think about, like, you talk about rock and roll, but that's all, like, punk was, was, like, rock and roll turned up, like, to another level. And you really think about it, like, as much as, like, Elvis, Little Richard... Jerry Lee Lewis, as much as those guys are considered, you know, what rock and, you know, the foundation for what became American rock and roll, I mean, they're as punk as anyone. More punk than, like, some of the, you know, I think, if you want my opinion, I think Little Richard's more punk rock than the Sex Pistols ever were. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, punk rock it's not just the music it's obviously the the way you give it the, the personality behind it and uh, yeah, it's, I think it's always been the attitude obviously punk wasn't a thing back in that time but you could definitely throw that I mean, if they came around now who knows you know what I mean yeah I mean it's all about how you uh, how you perceive yourself and how everyone else perceives you as well so so my number three is indeed Motorhead <laughs> um, nope Gotcha. Uh, this is one of my favorite Motorhead tracks. It's actually, you know, it's off Bastards, and it's uh, it's kind of a, it's a song that I heard in the movie Airheads, and the first time I heard it, I was like, that's like, that's me. Like, I love that shit. Like, and that was, I, if I remember correctly, I think that was the very first time I had actually ever heard Motorhead, like to my knowledge, you know, in the mid 90s like watching airheads was it's motorhead born to raise hell yeah you know what that's uh yeah i mean that movie i love how that movie did uh, throw like motorhead in your face like the whole time it's, lemmy's talked about motorhead's talked about he's in it he's in it you know what i mean 
and that is it. That that song, maybe more than any other song, represents. I feel like what they're just about, yeah, and like the way they, that he's he lived and the way the whole band kind of just uh, showed themselves to the world. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I hundred percent agree with that. So. And yeah, like lyrically, that song just says everything that Motorhead was ever about. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Like. I mean, like I said, can you really think about a better a better song to send them up? I mean, exactly. Or just the idea of uh, rock and roll. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's so, my number two, the song I opened the show with, and I think this this is the the I think this band deserves credit for the punk rock movement. I feel like it's the most aggressive band of their era as far as like when they came out you know in the mid to late 60s uh i'm going mc5 kick out the jams kick out the jams yeah i think i 100 percent agree and they did have that like in your face punk yeah like i think i 100 percent agree with you that they were um kind of the leaders of that i think if you talk to anybody from that era that they were the ones that kind of in your face and uh really showing people that you can do something a little bit different well as far as like what they provided too, like well one they were like supporters of like the black panthers which is obviously you know like was a big movement in the 60s and it was you know it's a it, it was against the grain you know what i mean it was a they were the outcasts the outsiders the black panthers and like these guys were like the supporters of the black panthers and stuff like that and then you know in the 60s you got a guy that's recording and live screaming to the top of his lungs like th- this might be some of the very first actual screaming like vocals when you hear that like kick out the jams motherfuckers and then like just like screaming and the you know I wanna kick him out like just like insane energy for the time you think about the 60s everyone's dropping acid and just fucking each other and no one, everyone's like all about peace and fucking mushrooms bro and just like i need it yeah i mean it's that's why i wish i was around to hear like the, like imagine hearing that for the first time back then or oh come or on. any of the other darker stuff to even the heavier darker stuff imagine hearing black sabbath back in the day you know, yeah like, Everyone's singing about love and peace, and then <laughs> I what is this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to think, like to think, like there was like such that like hippie like movement going on. Meanwhile, fucking like Tony Iommi's writing the evilest fucking riff that ever existed in the title track Black Sabbath. Like, oh uh, yeah, that song is just—it's just scary. The whole song is scary. The everything about it, I love it. Ozzy, the way Ozzy delivers all those uh, lyrics and the you know the music and it's such a bad it's so great yeah and uh, so my number one and I think uh, this is definitely my favorite song number by one. them for sure is uh, ACDC if you want blood you've got it Ugh. and you know what I love that song so much and I feel like that's another one because of ACDC that's like an underrated song of theirs but that is their one of their most bad badass songs 100% the drums in that like the riff like Bon Scott is probably one of the most I I mean to the people that love him like they give him his due but I think he's one of the most underrated rock and roll singers of all time yeah I think it's you know I mean it was tough obviously he passed away and then uh, Brian Johnson does such a good job of uh, oh yeah absolutely they've been they've been together for so long probably a lot of 
young fans that don't even know that Brian Johnson's not even their original singer. Yeah, you know. Right. So yeah, that's that song is like a, such a badass song. Everything about that song is badass, and that um, again, I feel like it's kind of an underrated song of theirs, but it it really is the embodiment. Like ACDC as a whole, pretty much is the embodiment of rock and roll. Oh, own. absolutely. <laughs> Those guys are and again, they're pretty much pretty. We're still doing it just up until last year, right? So. Yeah, and you can listen to you can. Li- I've listened to every ACDC album. I love every one of them, but Highway to Hell has always just stuck out. Like one, the song Highway to Hell, like shot down in fucking flames, like like, and if you want blood, like, and that part, like, dude, there's only like I get really bored with some tracks, like especially if like I'm, a, I'm a, like at the gym or something, and I need something to like get me going because I get super lazy on the bike. But when that part come, well, one the whole song, but when that part comes in where Bond's holding out that you got it and then Phil Rudd just Dent! and then it kicks back in with the main riff like I want to yeah. I just want to fucking kill someone it's just like the most like intense feeling ever still I've li- heard the song millions of times I still listen to it and I still get pumped and fucking I don't know how to drum but I'll air drum the shit out of that when I'm at the gym <laughs> it reminds me of uh, that scene from uh Empire Records. Oh, dude, of course. Like, that's perfect. He just goes and plays that on drums. And, you know, Phil Rudd is possibly one of the best rock and roll drummers as well, too. No, uh, didn't, like, need all the fancy fills or anything like that. And he actually had a funny quote I heard years ago was, uh, he called, like, all the guys that did all the crazy fills on drums and shit, he called it dental drumming. They said, he said, if there's a hole, they'll fill it. <laughs> yeah, and it's so funny because people do, like, criticize ACDC for being, like, not, like, technically sound or, like, very bold, like, you know what I mean? But it's like, does that really, I don't know, like, that always irritated me. Well, like, when you know? you're, well, you go look at Angus Young, who, one, listen to, like, Thunderstruck. Like, and try to tell, and see the energy that that guy still has on stage at his age. Oh, yeah, well, I mean. And, I mean, rock and, you know, rock and roll's all about simplicity. I mean, there's obviously a lot of technically sound people who've written, written great rock and roll songs, but once you get down to the bare bones of what rock and roll really is, it doesn't matter how technically sound it was. Like, it's all about the energy and the attitude and, you know, playing with conviction exactly yeah it's, it's more it's an attitude thing i mean obviously the music but the music is obviously most of it but uh how you deliver your attitude about it and again like it's kind of like i don't give a fuck attitude acdc is other than maybe motorhead is there anybody else who really has been doing it for that long no you know no apologies at all no and then so. for uh for honorable mentions i had nazareth hair the dog very solid uh just because i mean what's again like especially you know it's very primal that song for me just because like obviously when you're a kid you hear that song on the radio and you know now you're messing with a son of a bitch or like you hear that you're like ooh, they swore on the radio like (laughs) yeah that's fucking rock and roll um and then of course uh i had to throw uh a band that i always thought was way overrated um, I always loved, but I always thought too many people like you know kind of rode their rode their jock strap too much. But now I completely like am on the train, 
and like fully support them. I know like all their songs. Like I always have. It was just kind of a band you couldn't escape. I mean, Led Zeppelin, Black Dog. Yeah, I mean, people give people give Zeppelin a lot of uh, a lot of guff. Say that they like stole a lot of like you know riffs or or stuff like that from people before them. But I really don't think you could deny a band what they've done. I mean, they have so many hits. I think they're all super. I mean, every one of them is talented. Um, you know, John Bonham was an amazing drummer. Uh, Jimmy Page, obviously, legendary guitarist. Robert Plant, still doing it at his crazy old age with his amazing voice. Um, and then, uh, what, John Paul Jones, right? Oh, the yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like people are like 50-50 with, with Zeppelin, which is always confusing to me. I think they're amazing, but I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't know. It's always been... Uh... Maybe, like you said, maybe it's because they just get played so much that so people are like, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, but Zeppelin still like played daily, several times a day on the radio. So maybe that's yeah. over, over, just oversaturated by it. But uh, yeah, I don't think you could deny their songwriting, and then some of even their best songs are really not even songs you hear a lot. So yeah, um, and I think you know, Black Dog is definitely one of them. Um, another song that. I think of when I think of Led Zeppelin, that's an amazing song that a lot, not a lot of people have heard is uh, Achilles' Last Stand. I think that song is that's a, a a great track. Yeah, that's it's just like, and I think sometimes I think fans of maybe you know like they don't really scratch the surface too much with them. So you know, they listen to like the greatest hits record, right? Yeah, definitely. It's tough to hear some of that other stuff, but yeah, Led Zeppelin is definitely one of the greatest rock bands ever. I think so. So uh, let's get into moving along. Let's get into uh, you know most underrated rock and roll bands. I mean, this is another one where it's like it's a tough list because you think about like are they really underrated? But this is just like bands I thought personally. I think that they're underrated. Like I don't when I hear people talking about great rock and roll bands or metal bands or anything like that you don't they don't maybe but I don't think they again they don't scratch the surface the first one that comes to mind for me is Thin Lizzy I think yeah definitely yeah I think Thin Lizzy is literally amazing I think they have so many amazing tracks but again like you know people heard the boys are back in town you know what I mean like nobody's heard anything else and it's sad because just you know, a great band uh, from Ireland, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so Thin Lizzy was my first one I put on the list. My second one, I know I already talked about it once, was Rainbow. Um, I just think, again, I think when people think, like, they think more of, like, Deep Purple or Dio, they don't really think of Rainbow. Yeah. Uh, the, obviously, I'm more a fan of, like, the first three records, because those are the, I'm a big Dio guy, and those are the records for Dio, but... Uh, uh, Rainbow was the second one I put. I don't think too many people get the credit. And then leading into Rainbow was another one I thought. Well, me and you just talked about, and you mentioned them was uh, Deep Purple. I, I feel like. Oh yeah. I feel like Deep Purple's kind of. I don't know. Like they're there, but like again, another band that's been. They did it for so long. So many hits, and you know. I think they get. I think they get lost in the lost in in you know kind of the discussion because there's so many different lineups 
Yeah, that is true. That is true. And then, like, they also came around in the time of, like, in England when it was, like, again, like, Led Zeppelin and... You there? Poor connection. We lost Eric. We're going to have to get him back on the line. <laughs> Fucking, come on. Hey, sorry, we had a poor connection there. That's all right. Um, just keep going? Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. So my next one is funny because it's a change of pace from, for like musically, but uh, you actually mentioned it before was uh, I thought the cars. Oh, yeah. Um, the cars have so many amazing songs, and I feel like, like you said, almost kind of like, not that they're a joke, but I feel like they get kind of, because of the era and maybe the music that they're like grouped with, they don't get taken seriously and like if you really give the cars a deep listen um so en- many en- endless and, tracks yeah and, and uh, such great songwriter um and I, like i said i feel like it's uh, a band that kind of gets tossed to the wayside a little bit yeah which is unfortunate because you know rick okasic has went on to be kind of a, a pretty esteemed uh, producer too you know producing so many produced like no doubt records he produced like the weezer blue out al- was it the blue album i think it was the blue album and the green album yeah i know he was like a legit producer i don't know all the stuff he produced yeah like no doubt i, I didn't know, know about the no doubt stuff but i'm not sure i think i just actually looked into it a little bit he posted a uh, motion city soundtrack album which is kind of funny to yeah. me yeah um that's pretty cool, yeah. So he's a—he's uh, obviously a smart musician. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he knows a lot. Um, so that was the other one. And then the, another band for me, again, I feel like a lot of hits and maybe not taken as serious is the Scorpions. <laughs> I think... Uh, yeah. When it comes to maybe that rock and roll metal side, I think the Scorpions are maybe one of the greatest bands ever. Well, they're still doing it, too. And now they got Mickey D behind the kit. Yeah, which is... We, uh, we both know how amazing that is. So... Um, I just think the Scorpions, another band with so many hits, just been doing it for so long, um, and a band in that era, again, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure I read that they were formed in the 60s, which I didn't realize. Yeah. Which is insane. And again, they still, they're still doing it, they're just, you know, I think they just finished up a tour, actually, so. Yeah. But still be on it, so. Again, another band with so many great albums, um, so many great songs. And just uh, no apologies, just and they and they just do it year in year out. So. Oh yeah. A band that, now another band I wanted I kind of wanted to throw on the list, but I feel like they're not real. I don't know if they're really overrated, but maybe in my eyes, I feel like they could be seen higher. And it was Rush. I feel like Rush. Oh yeah. Rush is I know both of our one of our favorite bands, um, and uh, I just think they don't get the credit that they deserve. And no, they have that. Their newer record was amazing, you know what I mean? I think they still put out great music, they're smart. All three of them are super talented musicians. Uh, um, Alex Lifeson might be one of the most underrated guitar players of all time. And that, Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Like, uh, They always talk about Neil Peart on the drums or Getty on his bass, but I feel like Lifeson kind of gets thrown to the wayside with his guitar, but he's amazing, yeah. like. And how often do you see that in a band where all musicians are literally like, 
like top of their game. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I know. It just really says something about them. No, it definitely does. Uh, it's, it's. It, I mean, they have their own cult following. And, like, they had it for years. And, like, there's obviously Rush has a fan base that makes sure that they get paid well. But at the same time, you know, I feel like they never really, you know, they're kind of, they're pushed off as, like, kind of like that nerd cult band sometimes when they should be, you know, completely thought of as, you know, one of the elite rock, rock bands of all time. Yeah, and that's exactly how they should be an elite elite rock band. They 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 transcend genres. Uh, you know, some songs are, are you know could be metal, prog rock, classic rock. Um, the lyrics so uh, thought out, and uh, I just think yeah, I love everything about them. And anybody who would bad mouth them, it just it would just bad for my life. Yeah. Uh, is that all? Is that what you got for your list? That is my list. So uh, my list, I got I got a bunch on here. I got a couple newer ones that I kind of want to mention, but I'll give you my uh, my top five and one, two, three, four, it's five. So, yeah, like it's so hard to take these and like put them into five. You know what I mean? It's it's just so hard. Yeah. So this is this is in no order. I just you know had five bands and I got a couple other bands I wanted to talk about. So uh, ZZ Top. Is on that list for me. I love it. Uh, yeah, you know what? It's funny you say that because I actually consider putting ZZ on there too. Uh, another band where I feel like people you know the songs, but maybe you don't know who it was. Yeah. There and uh, just uh, another another band who's not really um, celebrated for their musical talent. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I feel know. Like, uh, just riffs on riffs on yeah. riffs. And, uh, uh, yeah, they kind of, I, I think maybe people think of them as just the band with the beards, but they're way more than that. Yeah, maybe they hear Sharp Dressed Man, and they're like, yeah, but no, listen to LaGrange, man. Great, yeah, yeah. great stuff. Seriously. I mean, it was on, uh, you know, it was during their, like, 85, I think it came out in 85, uh, the song Rough Boy is my favorite ACDC song, and it's almost like a ballad, you know, for them. Oh, it's easy top for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, they—they're like a another one where I feel like you, you really have to scratch the surface. You know what I mean? You, they have so many good hits. And um, I gotta—I gotta tell you this. So the song "Rough Boy" is like a ballad, but it's amazing. And I'll tell you what. Right now, there was a rendition I saw where Brooks and Dunn did the vocals for it with Billy Gibbons, and it's amazing. Oh, that's badass! Really, yeah. That'd be interesting. It was amazing. They had like a steel guitar out there too. It was great. That was like a live thing? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So check that out if you can. Uh, uh, another band on my list is Nazareth. Uh, they're a band, you know, they're kind of only known for a few songs. But when you really get into like their catalog, they got just like crazy riffs, like great songs. And they kind of just got, they would just, you know, they were in an era where it was like, you know, Zeppelin and Sabbath and, you know, it was hard to, you know, kind of gain ground with like some of the biggest bands of all time coming out at that time. So I think Nazareth kind of got swept under the rug here and there. Well, yeah, and it's unfortunate how, I mean, I agree with you, I love Nazareth, they do have, um, every song I've heard I love, 
maybe a band that I definitely could scratch the surface of a little bit more. Um, but it is sad when, you know, you're out, just because you're out in a certain an era or generation that you get kind of thrown to the wayside a little bit because of the other bands being so much bigger. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see, what else do I got here? Um, another band is, uh, the cars, of course. I mean, Uh, so yeah, we're agreed on that one. Yeah. I mean, just, just so many great songs like, and another one, let the good times roll. Another amazing, maybe, maybe could be you know considered one of the greatest rock and roll songs as well yeah that's a good time you all have got i love that jam yeah like come on like let's go double life like there's so <laughs> many like yeah man it, it, the cars i just can't i can't overstate like and i'm so glad that my old man like was into him so much too he loved him so i was just like i loved him as soon as i heard him when i was you know old enough to understand music yeah, that's great. It's funny that you said it. My, my, my old man loved the cars, too, and my old man, like, barely listens to music nowadays, but I always know that he loved the cars and he loved ACDC, so. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of strange just because, like I said, the cars, to a certain degree, were kind of written off as kind of like a new wave band, so they weren't even, like, and, and if you look at it, like, Rick Ocasek was wearing, like, you know, it was back in that era, you know, he's wearing, like, one diamond earring, and he's wearing, like, sparkling, like, Elton John glasses, but they had those jams, man, so, you know, guys from upstate New York were, you know, they freaking, they throw <laughs> rough, on the orange... Rough, but, guys from uh, upstate New York. Yeah, yeah, just bearded hunters are just like, fuck yeah, the cars. <laughs> I love it. And, uh, so let's see what else I got on here. And, uh, Blue Oyster Cult. That's a, yeah, BOC was another one I was thinking about, uh, kind of, uh, people, you know. Kind of known for one song, I mean, two if you want to count Godzilla, but. I was gonna say, yeah, they're really only known for the one song, but they do have some jams. Burning For You is an amazing song. Going Through the Motions, uh, Cities on Flame with Rock and Roll, Joan Crawford, like. I feel like uh, they're one of those bands that plays like um, because they play like the State Fair every year that they you know they, people people are like hey, I have Blue Oyster called again. I was able to catch them again this year at the State Fair and they fucking were great. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Those guys actually care. And they're they're still in their seventies. What was that? They're in their seventies. The bastards. Yeah, and think about that. And they're still just up there. 60, still late sixties, seventies, just songs. killing it. Can't be easy to play. You know, songs you wrote in the 70s, you know, the year 2017, you've been playing them, you know, how many nights of the year for that long. It says something. Yeah, 100% does. And then if you still can get paid to do that, that, I mean, that's got to mean something, so. Exactly. And uh, the last uh, man and or group I would throw on this uh, list of underrated rock and roll bands is uh, another one, a guy that's kind of known for one two maybe three songs but his whole catalog is just amazing and his backing band has always been amazing george thorogood and the destroyers yeah i think uh thorogood is kind of like again like he's got the he's got those like kind of radio hits that were super popular uh but he is great he is a great guitarist man like he is a great guitarist um He's one that I could probably listen to more, to be honest with you. Because I don't know, I've never really given him like too deep of a listen. But oh man, like deep, de- kind of like deeper cuts, like uh, 
like gear jammer and talk too much like uh it's just uh they're great man he's he's such a great great player uh obviously just like <clears throat> that rough and gruff vocalist and you know coming from a, a guy that's never been drunk i i can listen to i drink i can listen to i drink alone one bourbon one scotch and one beer nine million times and just love it yeah, that, that, hey, that'll tell you something. You can listen to that being a man of uh, who doesn't drink. That's great. Yeah, Thoroughgood is definitely someone I have to check out more. Um, and uh, I told you about the story about the time I briefly met George Thoroughgood, right? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think so. So it was when I was working at the casino, and they had me cleaning, like, uh, they'd assign you, like, a different space. Like, this was after I they... I got sent in in the wintertime away from the golf course, which was amazing. I didn't do anything but listen to podcasts, call you, listen to listen to just like hate breed riding on a golf cart. Uh, and so in the wintertime, they threw me back inside. So when I was in there, this is like, I think this is like February or March. George Thorogood was playing the, uh, not the event center, but the uh, the showroom. So they have, like, the backstage area of the showroom is, like, a long hall, and they have, like, the off, the, like, A&R office or whatever you want to call it, the, the public relations office, and they have the dressing room. So they would assign, you know, the, the EVS workers, which are the, you know, the cleaners, to go and restock these dressing rooms and you know clean the toilet clean the bathroom like clean like make vacuum change the trash change the recyclables and like the green the green room they had back there and the dressing rooms and you you know restock the towels and all that shit okay so you everybody was that was like a coveted spot cuz you were kind of out of the way of everyone and you can kind of you know just kind of like just fuck off honestly and just not do much and you know, usually they said, you know, if you ever encounter anybody that's, you know, any of the performers, usually they won't be there, like, because you'll clean in the morning and you'll just, you know, like, stop back in and make sure everything's, like, looks good throughout the day. But they, uh, it's funny, they, uh, they showed up, George Thorogan and the Destroyers were playing there. And I showed, I was, showed up to work and I got put there. And I didn't even know that he was playing there that day. But, but, uh, and, I did, like, all the cleaning and all that bullshit throughout the day, but I didn't stock the one, like, dressing room because I didn't think that they would be in that one because it was, like, the smaller one. Right. And this is uh, this is really funny, too. So, uh, and prior to that, like, a couple weeks prior, Sully Erna played from Godsmack, like a, so- <laughs> like, like a solo show. So, yeah. and his, I was there, like, the day after he played or whatever, and, uh, I saw, like, his tour rider, and it was fucking, like, crazy, like, all the shit that he, like, requested. Now, I saw George Thorogood's uh, tour rider, and there was, like, they wanted, like, salads, uh, an assortment of deli meats, and they had, like, a liquor list that had three different liquors on it, and it ha- they had just uh, an abundance of bottled water. <laughs> And that's all, and I only saw the list, so I'm not even sure where they actually, like, stocked all this shit or whatever. Probably in the green room. Uh, uh, so, anyway, like, I make the rounds and everything, and I didn't know he was in there until later. Like, I found, I, like, saw, like, you know, the promotional, like, poster, like, tonight, like, uh, you know, George Thorogood and Destroy. like, oh, shit, I wonder when they're going to be rolling in. So, I got out of work at, like, 3.30 or whatever, but before that, you know, before you leave your shift, you had to go, like check and make sure everything was good to go so he, he, i never told you this story no i don't think so 
At least I don't. None of it sounds like I remember. I don't. I don't remember hearing you meeting George Thurman. Well, it was a very brief meet. Are right, you? No, I know what you want. Mean, yeah. So like, I just like walked in there and. Uh, you know, my supervisor was like, hey, you gotta go, like, restock, you gotta go restock the bathroom, there's no, like, hand soap, so I was just like, uh, okay, so I, like, knock on the door, and they're like, you know, whoever was there, it was, like, a couple guys there, and I didn't even know it was him at first, because he was just kind of, like, sitting over, like, in the corner, like, in the recliner, like, that was kind of, like, half exposed, and he was playing guitar, he was just, like, I don't know what he was doing. I didn't really look at him because they actually tell you don't look at any of the like people who are like, you know, performers or guests or whatever, and don't talk to them unless they speak to you. Yeah. Uh, and you'll get fired if you ask for an autograph or anything like that. That was that's like something they like tell you at orientation. So I like run in there and and like I go into the bathroom because it's like a smaller room, and I just go into the bathroom and I put the hand soap in there, and I grab like a, a bag of trash that was already in there that they must have like filled up or whatever. Um, so I'm like walking out and he's just like, he's like, Hey man, you doing the nine to five? And I was just, I didn't even know it was him though. At first I didn't even really think it was him. I was like, ah, I'm like, no, I'm doing the eight to three. And he's like, he's like, all right, man, one extra hour to rock and roll. And, And I was just like, I got like, I like laughed and then like saw him like, and he had like glasses on. Mind you, the room's like, I mean, it's the middle of the day and like he's in, he's inside, but he's wearing sunglasses. So I like I like walk out and I was just like fuck that was George Thorogood, like, and I kind of like had to process it for a second. I was like George Thorogood just told me I had an extra hour to rock and roll. <laughs> you had to leave right then and there, no matter what. Oh yeah, that's uh, amazing. I can't believe I never told you that story. I think because no, I was that, I, I that's told uh, I remember I remember telling I can't remember who I told that to, but fucking. Like I said, I didn't even it didn't even fully process that I had had like I shared words with George Thorogood for a moment, but it, until afterwards, I was like, "Fuck, that was George Thorogood." Fuck, <laughs> dude, that's amazing. What a what a uh, thing to have George Thorogood say to you, though. Well, uh, talk about just like living the gimmick, like just just like completely like living up to everything anybody would ever expect from George Thorogood. Little <laughs> hour to rock, huh? If he would have offered you a beer, maybe that would have been. Oh man, it would have been at the edge. Would have been over with fucking one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer. <laughs> that's a great. Yeah, that's a great story, man. That's awesome. But yeah, uh, two uh, two newer bands that I think are great rock bands that are kind of overlooked. They're not really seen maybe as rock bands, but these are two bands I wanted to mention. And uh, one I was able to. I was fortunate enough to kind of see for a few days, like just see several sets day after day after day. And a band I grew up loving, uh, CKY. I think they're a solid rock and roll band. I think they've even through some changes they've had recently, continue to have like amazing like rock and roll drumming and like just like a cool, always like amazing guitar tones and just like rope like out of the box rock and roll when no one else would and they're still doing it when no one else re- really just be a straight up rock and roll band yeah that's a good one i like that i think uh again another band that i do recall, i haven't listened to in a long time but the songs i feel like they do know like their songwriting is really good and they write a lot of catchy riffs and catchy vocals oh 100 percent 
Um, and again, they've, they've been doing it for a long time as well. I mean, they've been around for quite a while. Yeah, you're talking 20 plus years and definitely at least at least like 17 or 18 years of touring. Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, another band, I kind of told you about these guys a lot recently just because their newest album's like great and like every album, they're kind of... Kind of started off or signed to like a Christian metalcore label and they kind of got painted with the metalcore brush early but quickly broke away from that and just have like this great southern sound because they're from uh, North Carolina. Uh, but they write amazing rock and roll songs and like just have such a great like mystique about them and they're they're the best rock and roll band currently in my eyes is he is legend. Yeah, you know what? You, you have told me about them multiple times. I definitely got to give them a listen. I haven't... I haven't listened to them at all, but, um, so the uh, like, what are, like, genre-wise, like, are they more heavier, or are they, like, kinda... Yeah, well, like, those first early records, like, their first, their first full length is pretty, like, screamy, but at the same time, it has, like, these weird, like, like, gypsy rock and roll, like, ambiance type parts that are amazing and then they at the same time they're a southern band so they have that southern twangy like riff that's kind of sound like as a like has those you know metal hard metal metalcore elements and then their second record suck out the poison which is i think is one of their best records there's so many amazing riffs and he just like he expands on his vocal Skylar Kroom, this the vocalist kind of expands on his vocals on that record. So yeah. there's there's like some screamy stuff, but he's really like more like a stress like southern twang and there's amazing and they got like softer tracks that are like softer but they like build in like a heavier like kind of like sludgy like groovy pantera type shit on that record. Oh, that's rad. And then I definitely have to give them a listen. Yeah, man. And then from there, they kind of, they still have, like, some pop sensibility. But at the same time, they just have those, like, they're almost like a gypsy, like a gypsy rock and roll band. They have, like, those weird, like, you know, they sing about witchy womans and fucking shit like that. And, like, yeah. and, and they get really, like, kind of, like, spacey and a little, like, uh, a little stoner rocky. But they, dude, some of the riffs are just, like, fucking amazing killer riffs. Yeah, it sounds, definitely sounds up my alley. I definitely have to give him a, I have to check him out. Yeah, he is a legend. Yes, sir. But now, yeah. how, many, how many how many records do they have out? So they got their first one, uh, which is called "I Am Hollywood." Um, and it, actually, I'm gonna after we're done with this conversation, I'm gonna send you a list of uh, like a one track from each record so you can check them out because they're fucking they're that good, man. Yeah. Um, I'll just, uh, yeah, I'll throw them on my Apple Music. They got like five. They got like five albums out. They got "I Am Hollywood," which is their first record. "Suck Out the Poison," which was their second, which came out in two thousand six. Their first one came out in two thousand four, and then I think they put out um, "It Hates You" uh, a few years later, and then they ended up breaking up for a few years. Uh, that record came out in oh nine, and they broke up, and they came back in twenty. I think like 2013 they reformed and then they in 2014 they put out this killer fucking record called Heavy Fruit that was their like return record and then the begin- beginning of this year they put out a record called Few which is just amazing just like it's so good dude on the new record they have this song called Fritz the Dog and it's just like it's 
it's just such an amazing way to write a song and just like amazing riffs and amazing vocals and I just can't say anything bad about this man that's awesome yeah definitely Uh, like I said I'll throw them on my Apple Music I I definitely need to listen to them they sound awesome oh yeah for sure man so yeah I mean anything to anything to add on this or what no, I mean, this is super fun. Like I said, it's always hard making a list, whether it be the five best anything or the five worst anything, you know what I mean? So Yeah. Because then you always think about stuff that, uh, you know, maybe you, you forgot or there's so much stuff that pops into your head. It's crazy. But oh, yeah, I know. I felt like my list was more of just kind of personal than maybe, uh, you know, like you threw Elvis on your list, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's yeah. like my my stuff maybe not everyone would agree with but just kind of was like a personal list you know yeah no i i like it because it's it's cool to see what everybody's interpretation of what they consider like what they well not even what they would consider but what makes you feel like embodies the rock and roll spirit as far as songs go right yeah definitely and i think everyone has their own opinion of what it is and, and what it should sound like so i kind of just uh I just went again, like what, how I how I thought it was. So. Yeah. But all right, man. Uh, we should uh, we should be doing uh, another one soon for sure. Another episode. Yeah, I, like I said, I love doing these. It's so much fun. Uh, whether it be about music or movies, you know, I'm always down. So. Hell yeah. I hope everyone listening enjoys it as well as much as we do. Or we're not just two idiots just going back and forth about stuff we love. Nobody hey, cares. If that's all it is, I guess that's all it is, and I'm fine with it, I suppose. Yeah, we can deal with it, right? It's all good. Well, all right, man. Uh, I'm going to shoot you a text with that list of songs I want you to check out. Uh, yeah, definitely do that, and I'll throw it on my Apple Music. So. Hell yeah. All right, brother. All right, man. I'll shoot you a text in a little while. Sounds good. Thanks again. Of course. Later, brother. So yeah, that was uh, Mr. E.T. It's always a great conversation we have with each other. Uh, it's always interesting to see uh, what we're uh, what we got to talk about. So yeah, rock and roll. And I'm gonna leave you with a track right now from uh, He's Legend, since that was the last man we talked to or talked about. Um, this is from the uh, album they had come out earlier this year called Few. Uh, and this is a killer record. Um, and this song is called Sand. And it's a, a great track. And uh, yeah, check this band out. Uh, also, this is the Heart God Media Podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Heart God Media. Uh, give us a like and a follow. Um, you can download on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, yeah, hit us up. Give us a follow. Thanks for tuning in. This is Jesse HS, Heart God Media Podcast. And this is his legend, Sand. <laughs>